Welcome to Jab, Cross, Hook, a fan-sided fight show with your hosts, Ian McMillan, Amy Kaplan, and Reed Wallach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Jab, Cross, Hook. Myself, Amy Kaplan, Reed Wallach will not be with us today. His beloved Brooklyn Nets are playing in the playoffs. It'll just be myself and Amy, and we'll be joined later on in the show by UFC lightweight coming off a win, Jordan Levitt. Uh, so excited to talk to him, but we have a lot to get through before him, Amy. We've got to talk this past weekend. is an eventful weekend in mixed martial arts, and we do have to do yeah. our draft. It will be a two-person draft, uh, but we are still going to get that done. But as always, Amy, we want to start. What are we drinking tonight? I know it's just us two, and I know you're in Connecticut. Did Were you still able to get something to drink for the show tonight? No. Well, I mean, kind of. I didn't get any liquor. I have my wonderful Chick-fil-A iced tea. <laughs> so that's nice. why yeah i didn't i felt weird like buying like a six pack of something because i'm only here one night and right. then i felt like i would just drink it all and that would be not good so right. i didn't get anything that's fair last week i was drinking my victory wine i've now made of the thing drafts that i win the next week i'm gonna drink wine so i'm back on beer tonight a little corona kicking off the spring little lime in it very delicious uh we will recap last week's draft really quick amy because you crushed it and you should be celebrating this week i think we might have to go back and check the uh the official results from previous drafts but i think you set a jab cross hook record as uh, people have gone three no before but you had two underdogs two pretty sizable underdogs win too three and oh plus 4.16 units amy congratulations how do you feel? You. I mean, I feel it feels silly because I, I mean, you know, I didn't even want to do the draft. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I haven't had a chance to look at it. This is BS. And so then I just came on and literally just didn't know anything. So that's my, that's going to be my strategy going forward. I'm just, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to look till I'm on the show. That's my pick and I'm sticking to it. Sometimes that's the best way to do it. But Amy, Amy, you obviously know your stuff. You're you're a massive, I mean, you work in MMA media, so it's not like you didn't know anything. It's just maybe you didn't break down, you know, notes like like uh, like you have in the past. But you still know know your stuff. You still know the fighters that you're talking about. So that strategy worked out for you. A minus 110, pick him, and then a plus 175 under, underdog. And Bilal Muhammad in the main event uh, underdog hit. I was on the opposite side of that. Both had my head-to-head bets. Against one against you lost, and my head to head against Reed lost. So I went one and two for minus 0.9 units on the weekend. So uh was not able to repeat from my victory the week, week before, and Reed came second, uh, one and two for minus 0.5 units. So I have to point out uh, just too, gonna... my Bellator picks, which were unofficial, also won. Technically, Corey Anderson didn't win, but we can talk about that later. But my what I said about the Bellator fights all happened as well. That's true. Now, I did not get a chance to watch the fights this week. I think I mentioned last week I had friends from back home visit me in New York City this past weekend. So uh, I was busy spending time with them. So I do want to talk to you, though, uh, about what happened because I did read up on it, obviously. I watched highlights and things like that. I need to talk to you. You were just talking about uh, Corey Anderson. Let's talk about that fight right now. Corey Anderson against Vadim Nemkov was ruled a no contest, Amy. I am under the impression that Corey Anderson was on his way to winning, though. So can you explain what happened in that fight? That was, of course, for the, uh, what was it, light heavyweight Grand Prix final in Bellator. Yes, light, uh, light heavyweight Grand Prix, a million dollars on the line. So there was a Grand Prix belt on the line, a million dollars on the line, and the light heavyweight belt on the line. So it was a lot at stake. 
Um, I think pretty much everyone thought that Nemkov would just roll through Corey Anderson. Um, that was not the case. It was quite the opposite. I think a lot of people were really shocked by the performance that Vadim put on or lack of performance, I guess. Um, and it was clearly looking at three rounds to none going into the third. The third was just wrapping up. Timer went off. Uh, actually, the referee stopped the timer at four minutes, 55 seconds, something around there, um, to check on a headbutt injury, accidental headbutt injury. They ruled it accidental, said fights off, he can't continue, and this is where it gets weird. So Bellator brings the big gigantic check in, has Corey's name on it. Corey's celebrating, he's up on the cage. Everyone thinks he's won. They're going to go to the scorecards because they, that's what would happen if it stopped due to an, an accidental injury, goes to the scorecards. Um, but it was five seconds too early. The right. rule is that the fight has to go, if it's a five-round fight, it has to go through three full rounds. So five seconds had only five seconds there, and that would have made the difference. Corey would have won. So they called it a no contest. Corey freaked out, rightfully so. Um, I mean, it's just like, you know, I talked to you about how he was feeling like he kind of got the short end of the stick in the UFC, and I'm feeling like he's going to hold on to this. And when he comes back for that rematch, I think it's going to be ugly. I don't think he's going to let it go. He's going to let it go in one round and that's it. Yeah. Tough break for him. I knew about that rule back way back when Michael Bisping fought Alan Belcher. And I think that was a fight. Michael Bisping got the eye injury that kind of still haunts him to this day. I think it's even like fake eye now, but I remember that was in the third round and it went to technical decision, but I learned about that rule then that it has to go in the third round. Uh, or else it, it's ruled a no contest. And I think I read Amy somewhere that like he, Corey Anderson was the one who who like stopped it. Like he pointed it out to the ref or something. Is that true? Uh, I don't remember that. It, it, it could have been true. I don't know. There was a lot going on. I was cage side, so we don't see right. and hear what's going on as much as you guys do. So it could have happened. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it it was weird too because he stopped the fight or the referee stopped the fight originally and then pointed a finger like I'm taking one point for that headbutt which would mean it was intentional. Right. So then they deemed it unintentional and said no contest. So really he, he was at a risk of losing too, because if they had, if the ref had said one point, that means intentional. So there was a lot of weirdness going on there. Um, And Corey Anderson definitely should have won that fight. Should have been given that fight. I assume they're going to do a rematch. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Is the, is the million dollars still going to be on the line? It will be, yeah. Uh, we spoke to uh, Scott Coker afterwards. He said it will still be on the line. It'll be just like it was before. All uh, Both belts on the line, million dollars still on the line. So just a redo. It happens. It's not ideal, but it, it happens. And you think Corey Anderson will, will win next time around? Because that's kind of my worry because uh, I, I was on Vadim, but I would, I would hate to see Corey Anderson being on his way to a win and then the rematch doesn't go his way. Uh, that 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 would be heartbreaking. You think he's going to be able to pull it out in the second fight? Yeah, I think he's going to. I think he'll get a stoppage in that second fight. I think he's not going to risk that again. He's going to come in with a lot of chips on his shoulder that he above and beyond what he already has. And I think we already saw what Vadim had in him, unless there was some injury or something going on, and right. maybe he comes in fresh. Um, but I don't see. And of course, that's MMA. You never know, and that's what's scary about it. But um, yeah. I think Corey gets it this second. And then the main event in Bell in Bellator, AJ McKee against Patricio uh, Friere, Pitbull. Uh, I understand Pitbull won, 
Um, if we can bring up a picture of the scorecard, which which I think we have, was it a controversial decision? Do you think it was the right decision? Yeah, there's the scorecard there. Yeah, I mean, I scored it for Pitbull. Um, most of the media scored it for, for Pitbull. Um, the fans scored it for AJ. And I think a lot of that might have to do with just, you know, your opinion of AJ. I think a lot of fans really like AJ McKee and they wanted to see him win. Um, I do think that it was close. I think one thing to note on that scorecard that I've never seen before was the judges wrote close rounds. And I've never seen them put any kind of comment on that right there where it says remarks, close rounds. Close rounds. I've never seen that either. That's Yeah. And so I think that, that means like, I mean, it was close. It was very, very, it was split even in the, in, you know, in the back, there was some, you know, Bellator people that we were kind of discussing. Who do you think before they read the scorecards? And some people said AJ for sure. Some people said Pitbull. Um, interesting. Uh, right after that was read, you could hear someone in the in the backstage area really upset, throwing stuff around. And the crazy thing was, we didn't know if it was Corey or AJ because it was clear somebody was upset, and both of those guys were, had every right to be upset. Um, AJ seemed to take it well. I was surprised he came back and talked to us. Said he doesn't want to fight at 145 anymore. He's going to move up to 155. Called out Patricky, which is Pitbull's brother. I don't know. We'll see what what happens there. But I think it went to the right person. I think that it went Patricio did win that fight. So are they going to do a trilogy? Or I guess if they would, it would be at lightweight. Do you think there's going to be a lightweight trilogy, or, or that's kind of the end of that that duo? Not lightweight. Um, Patricio says he's done. He doesn't want to do lightweight. He said the only reason he ever fought at lightweight was for Michael Chandler. Got it. You know, his brother holds the title now, so he. I don't see him going in there and what's the point for Patricia at this point? I think that if we see a, a trilogy, I think we should see a trilogy, but I don't know that it'll happen. I think neither, I think neither one of them is going to want to give in to the, the rule set. I believe in my opinion, it needs to be at featherweight if we're going to be a trilogy because it, the t- first two fights were at featherweight. And that would be the only way to really distinguish who's the real winner is if all of the rules are the same as the first two. Right. Interesting. Yeah. We'll see it maybe down the road. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll see it again. Um, and I also understand that there was a fight of the year contender on, on the prelims. Yes. Uh, Roger Leo Luna against Socrates Hernandez. What a name. Yeah. Uh, and we may or may not have photos and or videos of this. By yeah. Any let's chance. show the video. I believe we have a, qu- a quick video. I'm doing your brother and this is worth it. Oh my God. This was unbelievable. Socrates Hernandez just eating those body shots. Trying to hold on, looking for the takedown and any chance he can get it. But Luna was just non-stop throwing shots, elbows, punches, knees. He was just a machine. Eventually, you saw that Socrates was having a hard time even seeing where the shots were coming from. Here comes the finish. Watch the shots. Elbow. You see him bring the hands up. He's taking big elbows there. Blake Rice, the referee, has seen enough. Ooh. It was brutal. Ooh. Brutal. It was one of those fights where the first round happens and you're like, wow, that was a great round. And you're thinking, there's no way they can keep doing this for another two rounds. And then they do. And there were tweets going out from all the media that were ringside saying, turn your TVs on. This was a Stefan Bonner type, Forrest Griffin type fight where everyone's like, get on and watch this. And the crazy thing was, those guys, the one who won, was his debut. The other guy had fought twice. That was his second fight. Wow. It was incredible. And I mean, it's it's going to get slept on because nobody knows who they are. And it, I think it's tragic. I, I really wanted to make sure they got 
some shine because it was just amazing. I think everybody, the crowd was going crazy. It was spectacular. So is that your fight of the year? You put that ahead last so week's uh, Chamayev and Gilbert Burns? Yeah, I do. Wow. Because I think it, it, I think it, because of their inexperience, you know what I mean? Because it's like right. high level guys fight like that. I don't say they don't fight like that all the time, but it's not as shocking. These guys are just going out there for the first time. They had no nerves. I mean, it was like they put, and, and neither one of them wanted to go down. It wasn't like that one guy was getting beat up the whole time. It was back and forth. It was brutal. It was really entertaining. And I mean, to, and I think they probably got paid $1,200 for that. You know, right. it's like, that's <laughs> just right. yeah, give them the fight of the year, man. I mean, I, I wanted to go hug them both. I was like, oh, thank you for that. <laughs> it was just so good. So good. Yeah. Shout out Roger, Roger Leo, Luna. I, uh, I don't know. And Socrates Hernandez. I love that name, Socrates Hernandez. Yeah. Um, anything else about, about the Bellator card you want to touch on before we move on to the UFC? No, I think that was there was a lot there. So I guess really quick before we get into the UFC, I'm going to assume I know what your answer is, but we asked this question last week. Which of the two cards do you think was going to be more enjoyable, Bellator or UFC? Do you give it to Bellator? Absolutely, 100%. Bellator was even with all those controversies and, you know, with the, the no contest and everything, it was a, a way better fight, way better card. And I believe that's the same thing for this week. I think Bellator is going to blow it out of the park again this week. Yeah. And speaking of entertainment, uh, Bilal Muhammad against um, Vicente Luque, he's getting some, getting some trash talk on Twitter. He won the fight at the end of the day. That's kind of all you really need to do. Um, but uh, Bilal Muhammad, not exactly the most exciting style of all time. I assume that he just like it once again, I didn't, wasn't able to catch the fights this weekend, but I assume by people's reactions on Twitter, he just wrestled Luke uh, to the win. No, he didn't. He did do, do a lot of wrestling, but there was definitely some stand-up exchanges. That's why I'm kind of surprised that people are like bored by him. Yeah. Like he, I mean, we were all, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, on media row, we were all kind of ready to go home. It'd been a long weekend. We're like, Sure. Oh my gosh, you know, it's going to go five rounds and it's going to be this and that. And then as it's going on, we're like, oh, this actually turned out pretty good. I mean, we were impressed. Um, I think he gets a lot of undue hate. I think he's, you know, fans are like, oh, it's it's boring if it's wrestling, but he did what he needed to do to win. Like, what do you want him to do? Risk losing right. for your entertainment? Right. That's not how it works. Like his, right. that's not, don't ask them to do that. Stop expecting that. Just and, and it's not like he's a boring personality. Like he's an exciting guy to listen to talk to. But yeah, um, yeah, that's surprising that you said that. Because yeah, my reaction based on just people on Twitter were that he just laid on him for five rounds. So it's interesting to hear that wasn't the case. Uh, what is next for Bilal Muhammad in your opinion? I mean, he's not ready for a title shot yet. I think he needs a few more wins. I don't really know who. I'm kind of trying to think who he called out, and I can't remember now. Um, I oh, believe he called he- Okay, interesting. Yeah. Actually, I would like well, there's a motorcycle somewhere. <laughs> Welcome to New York. Yeah. Um, no, I think I actually kind of like that fight because I just think it's two wrestlers and I just I don't know. I just I like it. I just remember that's who he called out. He called him a Karen, which I thought was funny. I just I, I mean I hate to like advocate for Colby to fight anybody anymore, but Colby Covington. Didn't he bring up fighting Chimaev or no? I feel I think he might have the week of like I think he might have last Maybe. week before he fought. 
Yeah, I, I think, just remember- I think I th- if I remember the quote, I think he said that Chimaev will beat can beat anyone in the in the division except for him. Like he was hinting that he thinks he's the worst stylistic matchup for Chimaev. Yeah, you're right. He did say that ahead of time. I don't remember him saying that after. I just remember the Karen remark and calling him, um, yeah, calling him a Karen for Colby. So that's what's stuck in my mind, I guess. Yeah, it's a good line. Uh, we still got. To, I st- we still want before we get in the draft, and we're we're kind of coming up on time here. Um, PFL one, like the first PFL fight card of this season of the 2022 season is going on right now, I believe. Yes. Uh, do you have any comments about that? I can't say I've, I is Lance Palmer still in PFL. He's kind of always a PFL guy. I always liked. I don't think he is. I think he's retired. I could be wrong. Um, this card is the, the star on this card is Jeremy Stevens. And Clay oh, Collier. that's right. I do remember yeah. seeing that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Let's see. I'm going to check and see what the latest on my Twitter is. What the latest score was. Okay, so it because looks like it was a first-round KO just now. Omari Akhmedov just got a first-round KO. And then Rob Wilkinson, another a second-round TKO. And, oh, yeah, second-round TKO. Yeah, so there's been two finishes so far. And PFL, for those who don't know, that they do like a different format, isn't it? Isn't it like a like a season long, like you get points for certain things and Yeah. So the way it works is sort of tournament style. They do um they pick a certain amount of fighters to start the season and then they fight each other. Um and then they get points based off if they got a TKO, KO, or a submission, um more points if it's in the first round, if they get decision, all this stuff. They lose points if they miss weight. So it's kind of fun that way. Um, and then, you know, they get eliminated as they go. Um, they get two, two fights, no matter what. So they have, if they kind of screw it up the first time, they have a chance to kind of come back and redeem themselves in the second one, which I like as well, because sometimes in MMA, you know, things just happen and maybe the better fighter gets knocked out the first time. Um, but last season was kind of exciting because, you know, Anthony Pettis and Rory McDonald were both in it and everyone kind of thought they'd end up in the end. Both of them got eliminated in the first kind of section so it's it's exciting. I like the PFL format because you know exactly when the fights are, who's gonna fight, who's gonna fight each other. It's just I like that you know everything. There's always there's no like what if you know, and there's not gonna be no one's gonna get a fight before another person because they're trash talking. So they don't have to worry about trash talking each other. It's just fun MMA. So it's it's awesome. Yeah, I always found that uh, that unique format interesting. But let's talk about this weekend's cards. Before we get into the UFC draft, there are two Bellator uh, cards. I believe 278 is Friday, and is it 279 Saturday? Do I have that correct? Correct. Uh, so let's great. start with uh, 278, uh, the main event, Juliana Velasquez against Liz Carmouche. Uh, I always have a soft spot for Liz Carmouche because, uh, while everyone knows, she uh, was part of the first uh, women's fight ever in the UFC and uh, she kind of gave Ronda Rousey trouble at times. People kind of forget that. I think she even had her back at one point. Uh, talk to me about, about uh, that, that main event and about that card. I think um, this one's hard for me because I, I kind of agree with you. I think Liz Carmouche has kind of slept on a little bit. I'd like to, I'd like to see her become champion. I think she has all the tools to become champion. Um, but I just don't know. I think Juliana is champion for a reason. I think um, she can pull. I think this is, I don't know the odds, but I believe it, it It probably is pretty close unless fans are being weird. But yeah, this would be a hard one for me to pick. I think my heart would go with Liz just 
because it's Liz, you know? Yeah, I'm going to try to see if I can find some kind of odds here in a second. I'm not as familiar with Juliana. I will say Liz Carmouche is one of those fighters that she's not like the most like naturally athletically gifted fighters ever, but she's just very technically sound, obviously a very strong work ethic, uh, and fighters like that uh, can cause a lot of issues. So I'm seeing uh, Juliana is the favorite, minus 170, Liz Carmouche plus 130 at some book. So that's usually, that's kind of the consensus odds there. So Juliana is the favorite, but you're right. It's, it's somewhat close. Liz uh, is certainly in this fight. Yeah. And I like the two back-to-back shows um, that Bellator does. They're out in Hawaii. Um, it's going to be a good, good two shows. I think, I think uh, 279 is the better card, but you just never know. Uh, and Jornel Lugo against Danny Sabatello. And I believe uh, you interviewed one or two of these fighters possibly. Yeah, I interviewed them both, and they hate each other so much. And um, if we have the video queued up, I kind of got clips of them talking trash about each other. Give you a little background. Somebody that uh, <clears throat> he's on, he was in he uh, fights over here in South Florida. So I've seen him since before I was even a professional, and I've seen the way he carries himself. Just carries himself. I just I can't I, I can't agree with the way he carries himself pretty much. Very mean guy, very snotty, very arrogant um, to everybody he fights and the people around him thinks he's the best thing in the world when really his uh, his repertoire is very limited. As you can see, he's just a wrestler. But just knowing who he's been for a long time, somebody I've wanted to fight for a long time. And, he, and in one of his interviews, he says that uh, he called me out. He's been calling me out for years since back when he was. Uh, in the regionals and since I was in the regionals. But the thing about it is I, I actually recorded that and I posted a screenshot where it shows me contacting him saying, let me get a shot at your title in Titan FC before Bellator. Just back when I was like 2-0, I was a little guy, so obviously he wouldn't have to listen to me. But he never responded. And then when he finally got to Bellator, that's when I was already ranked at that time. And then he starts calling me out. So I'm giving him the same treatment he was giving me back then. You know what I'm saying? But um. It just just lies, man. The guy, the guy's full of lies. Like, how could you have been calling me out when you were champ and I was like two and up? You know, first things first against Jornel Lugo. I, I gotta beat the shit out of this guy. And you know what? This one's gonna be fun. You know, this isn't just oh, get past Lugo, get to the next one, and then get past Tigo and get to the next one. No, the thing is, I love fighting. I love being in that cage, and I love beating the shit out of people. You know, my favorite thing to do is impose pain on people, inflict some violence on people. Um, and this one specifically is exciting because I don't like Jornel Lugo. I'm very much looking forward to seeing him bleed and seeing him suffer. I want to strangle him. I want to see him in pain. Um, and so I'm not really even thinking about Higo just because not only should I not, but but also because I'm just too excited to beat the shit out of Jornel Lugo. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Right? the... Uh... That's quite the look by Sabatello there with the sunglasses yeah. and the headband. Yeah. Is that, yeah. is that his thing? I guess so. I mean, I think it, this fight is kind of interesting because it's for that Grand Prix, Bellator uh, uh, Bantamweight Grand Prix. So um, there's a little bit on the line. And I think both of them are kind of, they know how to sell their fight. They definitely don't like each other legitimately. The first thing that both of them said to me was how much they hated each other. So um, that always usually translates well into a fight. We'll see. Uh, consensus betting odds actually have Danny Sabatello as a pretty sizable favorite, minus 350. Jornel Lugo coming back at plus 250. Uh, I would put money on Jornel. Odds. I would put money on Jornel. You Easy. think he's a good bet as an underdog? 
Okay. I this think is coming, that this is coming from someone who went three and zero for over four units last week in the UFC yeah. draft. So, <laughs> yeah, I think Jordan. I mean, he's undefeated. Um, I believe. I mean, they're both good. Danny Sabatella was on Contender Series, so they, obviously they saw something in him. Um, but yeah, I think that when you look at the two of them, just in that interview, I think that Jornell's having a little bit more fun. I think Danny might be taking things a little too serious and that might translate well for Jornell that he's kind of taking it lightly. He's just focusing on the fight, not so much his hatred. I mean, obviously it was clear that they don't like each other, but you know, I think that Jornell kind of, see, kind of sees him as like a silly guy. So I'd put my, all right, look, Let's quickly talk about uh, Bellator 279. Looks to me like it's a pretty stacked card, Amy. Chris Cyborg, who will never forgive for being my biggest betting loss of all time, uh, against Arlene Blencow, Blenko, Blenko. Uh, and also Blenko and Bellator yeah. Bantamweight Grand Prix fights. Juan Archuleta against Rafion Stotts, and mm-hmm. Patchy Mix against one of my favorite fighters uh, in the world, uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. Uh, all one of my all-time favorite guys. So uh, give us a little breakdown of uh, of the second Bellator card, Bellator 279, uh, starting with that main event with Chris Cyborg. Um, I think we all know Chris Cyborg is very hard to beat. She's already fought Arlene. Um, that's the person that she got her first submission from. So, um, you know, we saw how that went. I don't see it going much different this time. I always put money on Chris. Um the Grand Prix fights, I think, are going to be amazing. This Juan Archuleta fight, a Juan Archuleta and Raytheon Stotts. Raytheon was originally supposed to be fighting Sergio Pettis, who is his teammate and best friend. Oh. And he, they were both really upset about it. And so it kind of turns out well that Sergio is not in the Grand Prix anymore because now he can go up against Juan. Juan is who Sergio got his belt from. So it's sort of like the next best thing. If you can't fight the champ, you can fight the champ before the champ. Um, so I think this is almost like a final fight. I think a lot of people figured that Raytheon and Sergio would be at the final. And I think without Sergio, people would think Juan and Raytheon would be at the end. So it's kind of interesting to have this fight right up off the bat, but it's going to be interesting. I would put my money on Raytheon. Um, he's just on a tear right now. He's got so much confidence. Um, yeah, I just think, I think it's gotta be Raytheon for this one. Um, I don't know a whole, a whole lot about the Patchy Mix and um, I can never say his name, Horiguchi fight, but I would put money on Horiguchi any day. So that's where I'd go yeah, with that. Just trying to look up some consensus odds for that one. Horiguchi's minus 275 favorite against Patchy Mix. Um, and Stotts is minus 260, pretty big favorite against Archuleta. So okay. if the odds are any indication, looks like Horiguchi and, Arch, uh, and uh, Stotts are going to win those two Bantamweight fights. I agree with that. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's actually, before we, well, actually, we're going to end on the draft, Amy, but, uh, before we do the draft, let's bring in our guest for the week, UFC lightweight coming off a big win last week. Jordan Levitt is joining us. Jordan, how's it going? Can you hear us? What's going on? I can hear you. I love it. What's that? Oh, the phone's just being weird. Sorry. What's the pink light back there? Oh, That's awesome. Like, or is that like a, a shade? It, my baby's little pink castle thing she plays in. Like a tent material. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Jordan, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Obviously coming off a, a big Sorry win this last week. Guys. 
<laughs> it's all good. Uh, coming off a split decision victory, I, I will say, Jordan, uh, on our show, we make picks for the fights. Uh, thank you because you were the only winning pick I had last week. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Great win. Uh, any thoughts on the fight? Did it go the way you expected? Uh, are, you, are you happy with the victory? Well, obviously you're happy with the victory. Did it go the way you expected? No, I thought it would be a little easier. Um, but the last two weeks of like, the camp, I got injured and I wasn't feeling very well. So I kind of just coasted, but he allowed me to coast. So I'm thankful that he didn't fight very intelligently, I suppose. And I'm thankful I didn't get hurt. And, you know, I got to show off some striking, so that's always good. <laughs> And your twerking yeah. video, that, like, went viral afterwards. Well, I got a talent for going viral, not for my fights, but for other things, you know. I think I'd be a better of celebrity than a fighter. <laughs> Did you plan to be twerking, or was that just, like, in the moment? It was in the moment. I was um, had a little bit of, like, attitude and sass that underdog, and I was like, that's, that's insulting. And... Um, you know, just my opponent was very confident and people online were sending me like, you know, negative things like how I'm going to get, I'm going to get whooped and all these things. And after the fight, James Krause sh sh shook my hand. He said, nice attempt. And I was like, nice attempt. Okay. I don't think that's a nice attempt. So it was kind of like a little middle finger twerk, you know? <laughs> So you you mentioned you were you were offended a little bit that you were the underdog. Did did you look at the betting odds? Do you ever look at betting odds ahead of your fights? Is that something you pay attention to at all, or you're just saying underdog because you think people didn't expect you to win? Um, I, my, someone sent me a screenshot of the odds. Like, How are you feeling? You're you're you know you're plus one forty, and I'm like, well, now I don't feel as good, you know. But um, I actually was about to back out of the fight because I was having some problems with like a sickness and my medication. The antibiotics weren't working because I was immune to the first set. So I was able to, like, drop out. But then I saw that I was the underdog, and I was like, eh, screw it. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to take this fight. So I think the chip on my shoulder is the only reason I made it there. <laughs> I love that. Amazing, so, yeah. I, I love a good underdog. You came through for me last week as an underdog. I appreciate it. That's a great story. Um, Jordan, uh, Amy was telling me that, that one of the two things that uh, – you two connected on right away was was you're both fans of books and you have a YouTube channel review a book review YouTube channel as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, none of like the people I see on a day to day basis are readers really. So I've, I've been trying to like find a way to like reach out to people like the small amount of my community that has like overlapping of being like bookworms. So I started like doing book reviews on YouTube because it helps me remember how I feel about a book. And also, I find it very therapeutic to kind of have, like, a hobby to do that isn't just working out or being a dad, because those are both exhausting. So, yeah, I started posting some um, book review videos and book vlog videos on YouTube. And, yeah, I'm, I don't want to brag, but I have, like, 130 subscribers. So, you know, I'm getting there, <laughs> and I'm enjoying it a lot. <laughs> and you read something like 100 books last year, right, or something crazy? I read 70 books last year, but 100 books the year before. That so, is crazy. Yeah, but why did 100 books was without the baby. The baby's definitely making it harder this time. And also it helped that 100 books that year. I was dating my wife a few years ago. Maybe it wasn't two years. But she lived like five hours away. So like audio book, I finished an audio book every weekend just by going to see her. So finding the time's harder, but I'm only like nine books behind schedule. <laughs> 
Do so you, if you're do reading you, a book and it's terrible, do you keep reading or do you just say, no, I'm not going to finish this? Because that's what I grapple with. Or I'm like, is it going to get better or should I just kick it aside? So this year was like the first year where I kind of like, okay, I'm going to finish this series another time. Like I usually am like too much of a, like a perfectionist. I have to finish a book even if I hated it because then all the negative feelings I have reading it aren't going to mean anything if I give up. Up, but then I have to kind of measure that towards how much I value my time. So I very rarely put down a book, even if I'm hating it. <laughs> Do you consider audiobooks reading books? Because I'm an audiobook guy. I don't actually read many books, so I listen to them. But I feel guilty when someone asks me if I've read a book. I'm like, well, I mean, kind of. I listen to it. Do you do you consider audiobooks the same as reading? I think it counts. Not the same. It's okay. not quite reading, but you're still you're still absorbing like the media, you know, you're absorbing all the art and everything. So I think it counts. It's not technically reading, but you like, if you listen to Harry Potter and you read Harry Potter, like it's, it's the same thing. You know, if anything, it's sometimes even better to listen to a book because, you know, the, uh, the narrator gives nice little voices and, you know, right. you can relax. <laughs> I agree. I think that audiobooks are just as good, if not better sometimes. Cause like you said, you get the voices and the characters. I think, especially when it's the author that's reading because you really, they like emphasize parts that you're really supposed, to, you're meant to, to emphasize. I don't, I love audiobooks. Like, especially if I'm reading like a horror book, listening to an audiobook is way scarier than reading it. Like, I, there's been some times where I'll, I'll be listening to like a horror book and I'm like, oh, I gotta stop. I gotta read this. I can't, I can't listen to this scene, you know? So I feel like it definitely helps change like the pace a little bit and the feel. <laughs> Do you ever read MMA books or are they all like, do you just want to like escape from life and you read something else? It's weird. Like two years ago, I never read fiction. I was, it was all like either MMA or political science or like religious books. So I was like, always like, I'm not going to waste my time with make believe books. And, and then like started dating my wife and she like reads only, only fiction. She like started recommending me a few books. And since I was trying to like date her, I was like, okay. I'm going to read the books you like and see if I could like them and see if that could be like my way in, you know? And I was like, Oh, I actually enjoy reading for, you know, fun. And I feel like I benefit probably more now because I'm reading so much more. And like when you read fictions, like you get to live another life, you get this like live life from a different point of view and nothing quite like it. What book are you reading now? I'm reading several books right now. Like right now I'm reading like the Shadow Rising book four of the Wheel of Time. I'm reading From a Buick 8. It's like a Stephen King book about a haunted car or something like that. And then I'm reading this one book, like Ikei... I can't pronounce the name. It's like a Japanese book. Ikeji or Ikeji or whatever. It's like a self-help happiness book. Kind of, but I'm like an hour and a half into it. It's a short book I have to finish it. <laughs> Are you a paperback or hardcover book reader? Or do you care? Ooh. So, like, I prefer hardcovers because they're cleaner. Like, I'm a clean freak. Like, I wash my hands several times. Like, no matter what I do, every time I leave the house, I have to shower. And I feel like paperbacks from, like, the library, they're, they're filthy. Like, you can't clean the pages. But a hardback, I can at least, you know, clean the cover, you know, sanitize it. So I'm definitely a hardback person. Um, paperbacks are good for traveling if you're not worried about damaging it. But I think a a nice bookshelf full of hardcovers is like the best thing. Awesome. Now, I can talk books all day long. You have to stop. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to get back to the fight game a little bit yeah. here. Uh, Cause I have a question for you because you are 
uh, a submission artist, obviously, and a lot of maybe not the most conventional submissions. Anaconda tro- uh, choke on your record, an inverted triangle choke. Is there a submission that you have uh, in your back pocket or one that you've always kind of wanted to pull off uh, in a UFC fight? Yeah, I, I think I have like a world class like Kimura sequence. Like mm. that's one submission I haven't like hit as a pro. Like I also put a lot of time into inverted triangles, so that was kind of cool how that worked out. But also, it wasn't like the most meticulous, like fancy inverted triangle setup. It was kind of like a bare bones. He gave it to me, so it's like I tr- I practice such like specific fancy setups, and then like bread and you know meat work. Right there, yeah. But like my first profile, I had a Peruvian necktie. I kind of been addicted to weird like weird performances ever since. Like I like having like the weird stats. Like if I had an Xbox like gamer score, I'd have I'd have all the weird achievements, you know. <laughs> I'll cool. I'll say one. I've brought this up before on the show. The one that we still have not seen in the UFC. I keep waiting for someone to pull it off as a go go plata. So if you ever see it, it, it being set up at all, I would love to see that in the UFC. I think it is one of the Diaz brothers pulled it off in Pride and it got overturned. Uh, Because he was high when he was fighting, apparently. But uh, that's always a submission I want to see in the UFC. Um, Do you know who you're... What's that? I just said that'd be a good one. Yeah, Sorry, continue. It's it's my favorite. Um, Do you know who you're fighting next? Do you have any plans for when you're going to fight next? Uh, Are you healthy after this last fight? Uh, Is there anyone you were looking to call out? Kind of what are your plans moving forward now in the UFC? Well, I don't even know. Like, I wanted to fight early June, but they already booked it. And I was hoping I was hoping to hop onto the card this weekend. My agent was talking to me. It's tough. He's like, oh, we have a few, like, we have a fight fall through. I think it's a good match for you. It was a 170 fight. Whoever Louis Koski was going to fight. And I was going to hop into that. But then he heard how sick I was backstage. And he's like, no, we're already pushing our luck with this fight. Let's wait until after this fight and see if you could feel better. And then, you know, I hurt my foot because I, like, broke, like, a leg kick record for three-round fights. So now my feet hurt. So yeah. we're probably looking at, like, August or September because I'm I'm a groomsman for two weddings in the summer. So, like, nice. I'm, like, loved so much that it's ruining, like, my schedule. So hopefully August. <laughs> <laughs> what about, like, where you want to fight? Because I know you train and live in Vegas, right? So when you fight in Vegas, it, does it feel like, as exciting as if you're like, I mean, let's pretend you're going to like South Dakota, somewhere that's not normally exciting, but you're traveling for a fight, you know, like what does that matter? Do you like fighting right there at home? Oh, I love fighting at home. Like for this fight, I, I stayed, didn't even, didn't even have to stay at the hotel. I went to sleep in my own bed. My baby woke me up at three o'clock in the morning and I got to put oh. her back to, you know, put her back to sleep. I wake up, kiss my wife. And like, I was gone for the same amount of time I am when I go to the gym it was like kind of like a regular work day. I feel like it kind of helped me just like minimize the importance of this past Saturday. But the only thing I don't like is that the apex, I don't get a free ticket for my wife and I haven't had been able to have like my family. Like I have like 40 something cousins and a bunch of aunts and uncles and none of them get to go to my fights and they're like bougie people. They would pay, but the apex is a little expensive for like, 40 that'd be awesome yeah apex is crazy it's like 2500 dollars a ticket right it's like something Ooh. insane yeah the vip yeah. experience Ooh. yeah but they'll throw in a tour of the pi you know <laughs> yeah 
I know they always come by the media room and they stand and they look in the because it's a door, it's a whole wall that's glass, and they just look in and I'm like, we can see you. This is what monkeys feel like in the in the zoo. It's like this is not this is so weird. They're just staring in, like, huh, what are you doing in there? Yeah, it's got it's interesting. Uh, Jordan, you mentioned earlier that someone sent you a screenshot of the odds. So I, I assume you don't. You, do you ever bet on fights? No, I think. I think gambling is silly in a sport so weird and, you know, so weird and variable like this. Like, can you imagine if, like, you had a parlay and then you, you bet on a card and it's, like, two technical decisions? That would piss me off. That would ruin so many things. You know, like, I like have cuts. And I've had days where I didn't feel like I should be there. And I know every other fighter has at least one story like that. So I feel like when you see everything backstage and you see what goes on behind the scenes, it's like, why the hell would I ever put any significant amount of money into this like it's silly so much people are stupid you know fighters are very you know we're special snowflakes you know we don't make the smartest decisions and you know it's 15 minutes or 25 minutes a long time to not make do something very very stupid so i don't trust them do there something stupid like uh do something stupid like uh be winning an entire title fight and then throw an illegal knee uh with like a minute left in the in the fourth round not that i'm talking about experience from betting on someone who might have done that but yeah <laughs> variables happen that's why i always say that if you do bet on the ufc bet very small because it's a it's a tough sport to figure out mm-hmm. there was that fighter though that put his whole purse i can't remember who it was his whole purse Justin on himself James. yes and Justin then he lost. That's so sad. That's tough. It's sad. That's a, you're an Icarus. Like you flew way too close to the sun of that. You know, like we don't get paid enough to risk our entire purse on a gamble. <laughs> yeah, you're right yeah. about that. Uh, Jordan, well, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Congratulations once again on your win. Uh, you are crushing it in the UFC. You are what now? Three and one in the UFC, I believe. Uh, we are looking forward to your next fight. Enjoy your summer, and uh, you have fans in us moving forward. So best of luck. And we're going to put our money mm-hmm. on you, so don't do anything stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't be fighting sick or injured ever again. You know, at least not too bad. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, awesome. Jordan. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you. You too. I I might fun. have a I might not, might have a new favorite fighter after that. Yeah, he's so much fun. What a guy! Love it. Um. All right, Amy. We still we're gonna. I guess we're gonna. It's gonna work out anyways. It seems like no matter what we end up doing, we always end up. Uh, sometimes we even schedule to do the draft early in the show, and we end up just doing it late anyways. So mm-hmm. we are once again going to finish with the draft for this week's UFC card. Uh, what is it? Fight night. I don't even know. Do you know what Vegas the official title is? Fifty-two. Right, because now these Vegas cards have like five different names to it. Um, yeah. UFC Vegas fifty-two. Yes. All right. Uh, like you said earlier, and I kind of agree with you. I think the Bellator cards are a little bit stronger this week, but it is still the UFC. We are going to make picks. We are going to have a draft as a two-person draft because Reed's off watching his beloved Brooklyn Nets. Um, you won, Amy. It's so uh, the order is first or second, I guess. Which, uh, what do you want to go? I want to go first. All right. So uh, first round, I think we're still going to do. Although, if you don't want to, it does doesn't matter to me. Do you want to do first rounds just prelims, or it doesn't matter? No, let's just do whatever. It's I'm a, good it's with a, that. It's a small card, so. All right, small. You're right. Smaller cards, we'll probably just do whatever, especially if it's just a, a two person draft like this one is. So. 
Um, Two-person draft, I have a 50% chance of winning. I need my second win because I think you now have three wins. I think Reed has three wins. Uh, so if you're ready, Amy, with your first overall pick, man card, prelim, whatever you want, what do you got? Yeah, um, I just am like trying to find this window so I can look at myself while, <laughs> while we do this. Um, yeah, I think, okay, so like I said last time, I didn't look into anybody. I didn't do any research. I did that this time. So I'm literally looking at the card for the first time right now. And the first name, and I'm just going to pick who jumps out at me, is okay. Clay Guida. All right. And I think it's a pick me, pick em? What's it called? Pick em. Pick em. Yep. I think it's a pick em. It so is a pick I think that's a safe bet. I think Clay Guida is, like, on fire right now. I think he has, like, this weird, like, I, I don't – I don't want him to find offense to this, but like old man, like power. The last interview we did, he seemed like he was like coming. It was like a whole new generation of Clay Guida. So no, I think uh, I'll put some money on that. You won't find me stick together. What's that? 40 year olds have to stick together. I'm 40. He's 40. People, be, I, listen. You're not gonna, you're not gonna catch me trashing Clay Guida. He is one of my the fair fighters of all time. He has withstood the test of time. He is the carpenter. He's been in some of the best fights of all time. Uh, I love his energy. I love how in between rounds he belches. It's hilarious. He's an all time UFC character. He is in the group of guys that I think are kind of like the last OG guys because right now the people who you see kind of up and coming, the young guys in the UFC are all kind of like athletes, like they've been trained in MMA their whole lives, and they're kind of more athletes. There's this final group of guys that I'm not saying Clay Guida and these guys aren't athletic, but these guys were fighters just because they like to fight. Like they, it wasn't – the UFC wasn't a huge glorious thing when they were coming up. They just liked to fight, and that was their hobby, and that's what they wanted to do. So Shadow Clay Guida, one of the final OGs left in the UFC. There are not many of them left. I uh, love Clay Guida. Um Am I going to pick against him, though? I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. If I am, I, I can wait for another couple of rounds now. So <laughs> that is your first overall pick, Clay Guida. I get two picks in a row now. I'm going to start with – Um, let's just go with the obvious one here if we're just going to do main, main card right away. I'm going to take main event. Uh, Jessica Andrade minus 200 against Amanda Lemos. Uh, I apologize for the production team. Once again, I did not tell them my pick ahead of time. Um, so, uh, Jessica Andrade, big favorite. Well, yeah, sizable favorite minus 200, but I think she's being undervalued in this fight because she is two and three in her last five fights. But those losses came against Valentina Shevchenko, Rose Namajunas, and Wei Lei Zhang, who might be the three best women fighters in the UFC right now, um, at least you know around her weight class. Obviously, there's Amanda Nunes uh, up at the the heavier weight classes, but uh, I'm gonna forgive Andrade for losing those three fights. Um, listen, she has 22 wins, 16 finishes. That is no joke. I don't think Amanda Lemos is on her level. I think Jessica wins this fight handedly. I think minus 200, even though it is a big favorite, I think there's value there. So I'm gonna go with my first fight. Uh, Amanda Nunez uh, in the main event. Do you have any thoughts on the main event, or do you want to save it until? A Did you say Amanda event? Nunez in the in the main event? Sorry, I meant Jessica Andrade. My, my mistake. <laughs> I got I the two Amandas to... mixed up, and the <laughs> wires got crossed. And I'm already thinking about my next pick. Sorry, Jessica Andrade in the main event minus two hundred. My mistake. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's an obvious one. I think the reason I didn't right. pick it is because it's 
not a good enough. Like I want some underdogs, you know, or like, you know, me too easy. Yeah. You, yeah. You like, you like the underdogs. So, um, yeah, let's bring up the graphic for the first round. First round recap, oh, just the two of us. Let, let's bring up the graphic here. Is it already up? I'm working with one screen tonight. There it is. Yeah, Craig Guida as a pick'em. Jessica Andrade minus 200. Yeah. Two of the so probably let's just the two. Because yeah. I'm still new. I'm learning about betting. Let's just yes. say that we only picked these two and I want. No, that wouldn't work. Well, let's pretend. Yeah, we both won that round. Right. I would still win, though, because my. Favorite Correct. was less of a favorite? Correct. Yes. Got it. Okay. And yours technically isn't a favorite. It's a pick them because they, they both have right. the exact same odds. So. But it's not, a, uh, it's not a plus sign. So it's not an underdog. That's true. Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And those are probably the two names that are probably the most recognizable names on the card, I believe. Uh, the casual yeah. fans, those are the ones that they'll recognize the most. Um, but now, since it's Snake Draft, I picked twice in a row. My pick for the first pick of the second round, I'm going... Marcin Prechnio. Sure. Definitely mispronounced it. I think that, that might have been the first name I mispronounced in the show. I think I made it pretty long today without mispronouncing someone, someone's name against Philippe Linz. Uh, this is a, I mean, this is a big stats fight for me. Uh, Prechino, Prechnio. He's Polish. I know that. 6.28 significant strikes per minute. He has an accuracy of 51%. He's fighting Philippe Linz, who only lands 2.66 significant strikes per minute, so less than half the amount as Marcin does, and he only has an accuracy of 40%. And then you look at defense. Ricino also has a, he has a strike defense rate of 57% compared to Linz at 49%. So uh, if you're looking at this fight from a statistics standpoint, uh, the, it's almost a pick him. Marcin is a slight, slight favorite. Uh, I will take him at minus 120 based on stats alone. I got him married to stats. In every single sport, I got to be married to the stats. That's my stats pick of the night. Cool. Okay. So I'm going with Charles Jordan. Okay. And I can't remember if he's the... Okay, so he's the favorite. Or wait, is Very slight favorite. Okay. okay. Very so that slight was what favorite. I, that's what I thought. Okay. So I picked him... It's again, it's just the name that jumps out at me. Um, I don't know if he's coming off a win or a loss because, like I said, I did not check. I'm looking at these stats right now. He's the younger fighter. That's it. I mean, their records <laughs> yeah. are almost identical. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's lit literally on my list. I have Clay, and then I have both of them. And I'm like, in case you picked one, I just picked the other one. So it's like I literally both of these guys, I, I, I'm taking names I recognize. Charles Jordan. He is coming off. He is coming off a unanimous decision win over Andre Ewell back at UFC Fight Night Lewis That's against right. Doc, Chris Dawkins back in December of last year. Uh, he is two one, and then at one draw, he had a draw with Joshua Quilibau. Uh, split draw back in 2020. Um, all right, so there we go. We're get, pounding through this with only two of us. Uh, it's a little strange. <laughs> Wait, do I pick again? What's that? You have to pick again, but I'll give you a second because the round yeah, two graphic is going to come up. We're going to we're going to recap the the very long second round here with a round two graphic. Uh, you have basically two pickums. Jordan is a very very slight favorite, um, and I have two under. I have two favorites: Jessica Andrade minus two hundred, uh, and then Marcin Prechnio or Prechino. I don't know. Minus one twenty. Uh, very slight favorite in that one as well. Uh, so Amy, I assume maybe. 
you're going to go with an underdog here. I mean, you just said before we started the draft that you like underdogs. You haven't picked one yet. So are you going to go with an underdog with your final pick? I am. But I want to say first, I really was tempted. I'm not going to pick him. But I was really tempted to go with Mike Jackson. I looked at that too. Because he's a crazy underdog. We've only ever seen him fight, what, once? In the UFC, and of course, like we all know how that went, and it's one of those like ridiculous, like of course he's not going to win because the guy he's fighting has like fifty billion first round finishes. But I like Mike, like I like him personally, and I I like really want to pick him, but I also really want to win, so I'm not picking him. I'm sorry, Mike. He's not going to watch this anyway. <laughs> so who are you going with? So I'm going with Sergey. Something I cannot pronounce. Can- Let's try Kondozko. Yeah, I'm going with that guy. Just because I wanted to try to pronounce his name, and he's an underdog. But he's not, like, so far an underdog that, you know, I could cra- – like, if I pick wrong, I'm going to crazy lose. So, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. I like Sergey's. Sergey's t- t- typically tend to be kind of, like, born fighters. Generally – generally a half decent betting strategy is to bet on Russians inside the UFC because yeah. a very, very high win rate and, and Sergey's only loss inside the UFC is to a fellow Ru- Russian. Uh, he's yeah. coming off a loss. Card to sucks. Rus- like the names are terrible. So yes. Uh, Rustam Kabilov, he lost to via unanimous decision back in November, 2019. So this is his first fight now uh, in about two and a half years. So it's been, <gasps> oh, it's been no. a while since you've seen Sergey. He's been training <laughs> real hard. <laughs> yeah. sure. you're going off your gut feeling yeah. uh strategy we'll, we'll see if it works two weeks <laughs> in a row so Steve, <laughs> it works two weeks in a row uh so i had four total names written down amy uh and both names uh heading into the final round here uh are the opposite of two of your picks oh um but the one i am going to go with though uh because I, I i i did have dwight grant over sergey Kandoziko, but instead I'm going to go, I'm going to fade my guy, Clay Guida. I apologize, Clay Guida. I'm so sorry. I love you, but I'm trying to win this draft. I got to go Claudio Pupule. Pupueles. Pueles. Let's go with that. Um, Listen, I've already talked about Clay Guida. I love Clay Guida. He's an all-time great. He belongs in the Hall of Fame, but the average age of his opponents and his last three wins is 40. That's his average age of his uh, last three wins of uh, against opponents. Uh, one of them was BJ Penn. I'm blanking on the other two. Michael Johnson was one of them. Uh, the last time that he fought a guy who was in his 20s was back in, I think, 2018 or 2017. It was against uh, Charles Oliveira, who was in his 20s at that time. And Clay Guida lost by uh, submission in the first round. I love Clay Guida, but... I wish the UFC would just keep giving him guys around his age because these young guys, they're just too dynamic. They can just win in too many different ways. They're just a little bit too athletic uh, for these kind of OG guys. So um, Claudio is a young guy. I think he's 25 years old. Uh, He's coming off a few impressive wins. I know Clay's looked good, but like I said, he's, he's fighting guys that are like OG guys. He can't, he can't fight against these young prospects, these young guns. So I'm going to go with Claudio uh, I just think too athletic, too dynamic. Uh, Claudio Puelles. Puelles. Minus 110. It is the other side of a pick'em. So no underdogs for me uh, for this week. So let that. there's a draft. How quick and easy was that? Let's bring up the final graphic here. 
I went with three, well, two favorites in a pick'em: Jessica Andrade, Pacino, Marcin Pacino, slight favorite minus one twenty, and Puelas minus one ten. Amy, you're on the opposite side of that fight. You're, you have Clay Guida as a pick'em. Uh, Char is a Charles Jourdain yeah. minus one fifteen, and then Sergey Kondozko at plus one hundred. All pretty like the odds. The only one that was really kind of big one way or the other was my Jessica Andrade pick minus two hundred. So. Um, yeah, there we go. That's, that's the draft. Um, any final thoughts, Amy, before we wrap, before we wrap this up stack, if you're an MMA fan, this is a big weekend. You got two big yeah. Bellator cards. You got a UFC card. While it might not be the, a huge card, it's still the UFC, a uh, couple of interesting fights and you have PFL, which is going on right now. Do you have any final thoughts? Just, I think as much shit as I've talked about this UFC card, still watch it because you never know. Like sometimes those shit cards end up being, fucking fantastic because those fighters know like we got to put on a performance because we're all they got you know it's like a lot a lot of times that's what happens and start from the first fight don't come in just at the main card it drives me nuts watch the whole thing i was that's a great point amy i find like sometimes the cards that you think are going to be the worst end up being the best just from pure excitement level and then sometimes fights and cards that look stacked end up being a lot of boring fights even though you recognize the names on it so great points if you're a fight fan this is the weekend for you so uh if that's it thank you to jordan levitt for coming on the show great guest um and hopefully we'll be back hopefully reed will be able to join us next week hopefully the nets will be eliminated by then so reed can come back to joining the show um but thank you all for watching like subscribe all that good stuff if you're watching on youtube uh best of luck with your picks if you do decide to bet this weekend uh, and we'll talk to you next week